Okay, we have children's church. People have asked me for years to teach on this subject. Children's church, you are excused. They've asked me for years to teach on this subject, and it's demonology and deliverance. And I've taught bits and pieces on it, but this morning, or actually yesterday, I was instructed to start full and fully teach on it since we are living in a time where you better know what you're doing and you better know what's going on and how to tell the difference when you come into a room and there is demonic activity going on. Best thing to do if you have any um, thoughts of whether this is of God or whether I should throw it away, if you even have any thoughts, throw it away. I'll be honest with you, much money was thrown out the door of, of things that we had. Um, pastor had more junk, had bought more junk than I had, really, but it was at his mom and dad's house, and I've shared that before when he was in Alaska. And so once we learned about it, we got rid of it. And you just get rid of things. It's the best thing to do. Amen. So some of the things I'm going to teach about will be from other people, but most of it will be things that I've learned through the years. So let's turn to Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, if we would. Some people are sitting there going, I don't really want to hear about this. Some people don't even believe there's demonic spirits out there. This is a subject that most churches will not even get on because they don't want to rile well, most of them are afraid of the devil. Isn't that pitiful to think that Christians would be afraid of the devil? When having spin, spoiled principalities and power, Jesus made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him, draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies. You notice it says, he provides the strength, he provides the armor. <laughs> That's amazing to me. The armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies that you may be able to successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the seats of the devil. So he has given you the strength. He has given you the armor. He's given you everything you need to stand up against the devil. Amen. Is that what your Bible says? all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the deposits, forgive me, against the powers, against the master spirits, who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against spirit forces of wickedness, in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Therefore, put on, this is something we've got to do, we've got to put on 
God's complete armor, that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger, and having done all the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place. So he says that, that we need to put on this armor, keep it on, that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place. Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with God. So he says, stand, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity, truth and integrity. You don't find a lot of people in the times that we live in that you can trust that have integrity. I hate to say this. It's sad, but it's true. And a moral rectitude and right standing with God and having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy. So we have our foot shod or feet shod in preparation to face the enemy. It's pretty heavy when you think about this. God says you're going to face the enemy and I'm giving you everything that you need to be able to face him and stand against him and you win. Amen. So he goes on to say, um, with firm-footed stability, this is something that I've found in this hour, there are not, there's not a lot of stability in the body of Christ. The promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. So he says that he has given us the shield of saving faith upon which we can quench all the flaming, all, say all with me, flaming missiles of the wicked one. So he's given us the power, the anointing, the strength to deal with every, to be able to quench all flaming missiles of the wicked one. In other words, we're not just out there helpless, being bounced to and fro. Amen? Then it goes on to say, um, let's see. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the Spirit wields, which is the word of God. You've got to have the word of God. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. What does praying in the spirit mean? Pray in tongues. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the spirit. I don't want to ask by lifted hands how many people pray in the Spirit continually, but I cannot live without praying in the Holy Ghost. I'll be very honest with you. With all manner of prayer and entreaty to, the, to that end, and keep alert. Keep alert. 
and watch with strong purpose and perseverance interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. He's telling us that we are to pray for all the saints, especially in this household of faith. Amen. And pray also for me that the freedom, and this is, this is what you should pray for your pastors, that the freedom of utterance may be given me, that, I'm, that I may open my mouth to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in a coupling chain in prison. Pray that I may declare it boldly and courageously as I ought to do. You know, you think about Paul, he's in prison. He's got a, he's, not only is he writing this, but he's got to believe that what he's writing is going to get to those that are to hear it. So he's saying, pray, pray for me that I will be able to speak forth, write this down boldly, proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of the gospel. Endure at any time if you want to enter in. You can if you would like to. Praise God. So we see that. And let's turn to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through, 3, 3 through 5 real quick. I know it's warm in here. If you feel like you're going to fall asleep, go up and stand against the wall. You know, some churches in some countries, they don't have chairs. I wonder if they do that on purpose. Okay, 2 Corinthians 10 through 5. Paul preached so long one night someone fell out of the window. Okay. For though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical. Weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings in every high and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive to the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Hallelujah. So we already know that if you don't know that scripture by now, there is, and you go to this church and you've been here, there's something wrong. You should be able to quote this scripture. Close your eyes and be able to quote that scripture. Amen. So I'm going to, um, I couldn't, I have looked for my notes and looked for my notes. And um, pastor was able to find something very similar on my notes. And it's the seven steps to which Satan uses to take over your soul. You know, we're made up of a mind, will, emotions that's our soul and then we're made up of a spirit soul and a body okay if you are a christian you cannot be demon possessed unless you turn your back on the lord and if you do it's over okay but you can be oppressed to the devil in your body and in your soul and your mind will emotions and in your intellect in your soulish realm so i want to go through these so we can have an understanding of the steps 
backwards and how it starts and what happens in the next step and then if you don't stop the steps amen so i thank you god that there will be a clear understanding so people will understand and my prayer god is they will never forget this ever in the name of jesus first one is regression And let's turn to Galatians 5.1. You start, you start falling backwards. What have we always said? If you're not moving forward in God, you're, there's no standing still. In God, you're either moving forward or you're slipping backwards. Okay, Galatians 5. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast, then, and do not be hampered, and held ensnared and submit again to the yoke of slavery which you have once put off. In other words, you've put this off. He's saying, do not put it back on. Do not allow it to come back on you. Okay? So, regression. Reversion to earlier behavior habits to go backwards. Number two. And then I'm going to explain them. Repression. To restrain, to squeeze, to prevent natural expression, to keep down, to hold back. Did you all get number one? If I need to do it again, I will. Number one is regression, reversion to earlier behavior patterns, to go backwards. Two, repression to restrain, to squeeze, to prevent natural expression, to keep down, to hold back. First you start with regression and then it gets to repression and now here's number three, suppression. To press under, keep back, conceal, an exclusion of desire and feeling. To press under, keep back, conceal, an exclusion of desire and feeling, that's suppression. Number four is depression. Low spirits, gloominess, dejection, sadness, a decrease in force of activity or activity. I'll start over on this because I know this is depression. Low spirits, gloominess, dejection, sadness, 
a decrease in force or activity, an emotional condition, can be either neurotic or psychotic, characterized by feelings of hopelessness or inadequacy. Did y'all get that one or do you need me to go through that one again? Anybody need me to do it again? Okay. Depression, low spirits, gloominess, dejection, sadness, a decrease in force or activity, an emotional condition, either neurotic or psychotic, characterized by feelings of hopelessness or inadequacy. Okay. Number five, oppression. Pressure to crush, to smother, to overpower or overwhelm. This is a heavy one. Pressure to crush, to smother, to overpower or overwhelm, to harass, ravish, or rape, and it does not mean the sexual type of rape. You just feel like you've just, everything's been taken from you, okay? Six, obsession. To besiege. Did everybody get number five? I want to make sure. Okay. To bes obsession. To besiege. To haunt. As of evil spirits. To be fixed on a single idea to an unreasonable degree. To besiege, to haunt as of evil spirits, to be fixed on a single idea to an unreasonable degree. I hate to say this, but it's hitting children in the, in, in the hour that we live in, which is really sad. That's why, parents, it's so important that we cover our children, that we watch our children, that we know what they're doing, who they're hanging with, what games they're playing, I mean, what they're listening to. The seventh is possession. To inhabit, to occupy, to control, to hold as a property, to dominate, to actuate, to rule by extraneous forces. Okay, it's down here. Gotcha. Okay. Sometimes it's not always in this um, 
you know, there might, steps might be, it's not always regression, repression, it might be a little different, but usually this is the, the way the enemy moves, the way I've seen him move in people. And they really don't want to hear it normally. Um, I want to stress one thing about the enemy, though. He, he seldom takes a life all at once, okay? He seldom comes in to begin to harass all at once. Because then if, if, you're, a, if you're a believer and you're in the Word and, and you're going to recognize this. So he very slowly, he, not he, we're going to say the familiar spirits that are around you, the harassing spirits, the demonic spirits. Satan will only, he is only one. He's not omnipresent. He's only one being, he can only possess one person, but there are demonic spirits as pastor taught on on Wednesday night. And there are familiar spirits that are familiar with families, that are familiar with you, that this is something not to be fearful of, but this is something that, that we need to have a clear understanding in so we can stand up and, and deal with it when it harasses. Amen? Okay. He seldom takes a life at once. He does it little by little, step by step. Sometimes he's able to assume complete control rapidly, but most often it's a slow process over a period of weeks, months, or even years. Because especially if you are a word of faith person, he is not going to just run in and rapidly take control unless something occurs in your life and you let down all your walls and that can happen, okay? Regression. This is the first step when the devil attacks a human personality. Regression. It's a human battle against God-given abilities of release and expression. So what he tries to do, he tries to, to cause you to begin to regress, to go backwards. And it's against your God-given abilities of release and expression. He'll start coming against, let's say, someone makes, say you move out in a gifting that God's given you maybe, and Someone makes fun of it. Well, why do you do this this way or whatever? Or, I'm going to go a little deeper. To regress the human personality is to go backwards in spiritual force and power. The human person is built for progress. The way God built us, he built us to progress every day, to move forward every day. He did not create us I said, built, but create us to go backwards. As you look through the Bible, mighty men and women of God, they progressed continually. And then you look at those that serve the devil, they were constantly going backwards. The more they served the enemy, the worse off they got. So... The regress of a human personality is to go 
backward in spiritual force and power. The human person is built for progress. You might write this down. You are built for progress, advancement, and understanding. You have been created for progress, advancement, and understanding. When this goes into reverse, it is the first warning that negative powers are evident. Okay? When this goes in reverse, it is the first warning that negative powers are evident. And since we're teaching on prosperity, I'm going to go ahead and use prosperity as an example. You've got the word on prosperity. You're moving forward. And all of a sudden, something happens to try to... Uh, I'm going to tell you, the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. We may as well get it. The word says that. He comes immediately to steal it. So you start studying something. You get real excited in something. And the enemy will make good and sure that he brings something your way that will cause you to fall backwards. Now, I'm using prosperity. I can use several of them, but we'll, we're going to, we'll use prosperity and let's go ahead and use a couple others. But you're learning the word. Maybe you had a, um, you might want to turn this off, Heather, up here, okay, um, thing on the ceiling. All of a sudden, maybe you had a poverty mentality. You're hearing the word of God on prosperity. Something happens. And immediately, your thoughts, the enemy tries to get your thoughts to go back to your old way of doing things. Instead of taking the stand of faith, now let's go back to Ephesians 6. This isn't going to be a one day or and I can't say it's going to be every week. But let's go back to Ephesians again, okay? Let's look at this in this, in this light. I don't know what I threw around. That's okay. I can grab it. I won't grab that. I don't need it. Okay, Ephesians 6. Gracias. Appreciate it. Usually most of my Bibles have Ephesians. They wear out first in, the, in my Bible for some reason. Okay. Here we go. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord and be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Okay? If you know, say, in your family line or your past or whatever, we use Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, stand fast, therefore, do not go back. Well, let's turn there really quick. He says... Keep your hand in Ephesians 6 because we're going to go back and forth here a little bit today. I can tell you. wasn't planning on it, but that's okay. Galatians chapter 5. 
Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Okay? So then he goes on in Ephesians, and he talks about, because he knows human nature, and he knows how the enemy works. And so he says, strong, be empowered through your union, verse 10 in Ephesians. Draw your strength from him, that strength that his boundless might provides. So his boundless might is providing strength to you. Then he goes and he says, put on the whole armor. That you may be able to successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the, the powers, against the master spirits, the world rulers, the present darkness. Okay, against spiritual forces of wickedness and heavenly supernatural sphere. Okay, so he's, as you read on through, God tells you exactly what you need to put on and keep on you for when these things come about. Okay. So we see here, okay, here we go, first one. When, th when this things start going into reverse, it is the first warning that negative powers are evident. What do we do? Do we take the word of God and stand fast and not go back to our old ways? Or do we grab a hold of what we've learned and stand, having done all the stand, because our mind automatically wants to revert back to what it's known for years, okay? What we were taught as children. You know, if, if you were, were raised and taught with a poverty mentality, that is something you're going to have to build yourself up in. But let me tell you, and I guarantee you, the enemy will try to get a hold of your mouth, your mind and your mouth, to get it to go back to its old ways. Let's take another one. Let's take um, bitterness and resentment. Okay, we know that a root of bitterness... As, we, as we've learned in Hebrews chapter 12. And let's turn there for a second. You know, if you have a way of keeping your hand in different places in the Bible today, you might want to because we're going to go into some, some ways. What God wants, wants us to be ready for is everything and anything that's about ready to come on this nation and this world. And if you don't think that it's, about it's already here and it's not going to get better but for the christians that will rise up take their stand learn who the enemy is it's not a person it's from satan demons evil spirits deal with it in the spirit realm instead of trying to deal with this thing in your flesh with your mouth and allowing your mouth to become negative become bitter there's two ways to go in this thing right now and it's time to go the right way okay yeah none of us like what's going on but jesus said this stuff was going to happen we're in the last days and it's happening okay so what we need to do is shut up Quit murmuring and complaining. 
and move forward in the things of God. Amen? So you don't like certain things. Well, that's the way it is. Just like Pastor talked about that man, and where was it? This morning when you shared up here? Pardon? Iran. Iran? Who went back and is being martyred for Christ? Persecuted, yeah, persecuted martyred, pers whatever you want to say. <laughs> Same difference to me. <clears throat> is he going to allow the enemy to pull him down? He went back. Is he going to allow that or is he there for a purpose? How many, how many of those people has he uh, led to the Lord? I have to be very careful what I say right now. 30. 30. Okay, if you, didn't, if you weren't here earlier, you missed it. The religious people in that region, he has led to the Lord, and he's being persecuted for Christ, okay? We see in Paul's day that many of those that followed Paul did not like the persecution, so they got out and went back to their old ways, okay? I can't imagine what it's like being in prison and all these people that you thought were out there preaching the good news of the gospel, all of a sudden they've turned their back and moved on to other things, their old ways. Okay, let's look at this. We, we've moved on from, from poverty mentality. Now, this is one of the biggest ones there is, is the root of bitterness, okay? And I remember Brother Hagen talking about this, and it was amazing to him how families that um, would walk in love never had to deal with this root of bitterness, but then there were other families that had to deal with this root of bitterness continually, was just something that they had to deal with. But let's look at this thing. It says here, and we're talking about Esau. I'm going to get to the right scripture. Someone can help me. Since I don't have any notes on this and God's moving me this way. So let's move, Father. Let's go up to verse... Um, looking for... Good old Esau. Here we go. Okay, 14, 12, 14, Hebrews. Strive to live in peace with everybody and pursue that consecration and holiness without which no one will ever see the Lord. Strive to live in peace with your Christian brothers and sisters. It's not what it says. Strive to live in peace with everybody and pursue that consecration and holiness without which no one will ever see the Lord. He is saying that there is a um, place of consecration and holiness that we are to pursue. I would say with everything you have, because Jesus said the greatest commandment is love. Amen. Faith can't work without love. Amen. How many know that? So he's saying here, cut out the slack in this area. And he goes, exercise foresight and watch and look after one another to see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor and spiritual blessings. Okay, if we don't strive to live in peace, if we don't pursue consecration and holiness, we are not going, to, according to what my word says here, 
He says, exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another to see that no one falls back from and fails to secure God's grace, his unmerited favor and spiritual blessing in order that no root of resentment, rancor, bitterness or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment and many become contaminated and defiled by it. To me, you know, people can start picking out different sins that people have. Oh, this is the worst one. No, this is, the, this to me, this is it. Because not only do you defile yourself, you defile others. And this root of bitterness, it, it, what do roots do? How many have roots that have gone deeper and deeper and deeper and sooner or later, sometimes I render this helpless, they can get into your sewer system, water system, whatever. Amen. So let's look at this one. You know, I said I was going to go through a few of them so not people don't feel like I'm picking you out. Okay. Um, sickness and disease is another one. You know, say that one of your parents has back problems or whatever and you know it or both of them did, then you know that you're going to have to confess the word of God over yourself in that area. Amen. Say cancer's in your family line. You say, well, I'm not part of that, that family anymore. That's right, but you better take the scripture, be on the scripture and confess it over yourself. Amen. Continually. Your little Charles Caps made that so easy for us in that book. Then he goes on to he goes on to say that this resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment, and many become contaminated and defiled by it. That no one may become guilty of sexual vice and become a profane godless and and sacrilegious person as Esau did, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. He sold his own birthright for lentils. Can you imagine? Yuck. You'd think he'd want a good steak. So let's go back here a little bit. I've used a couple of them here, three of them. Let's go back and look at this. The human person is built to progress, advance, and understanding. We're in regression. When this goes into reverse, it is the first warning that negative powers are evident. This can be resisted and overcome by prayer and praise unto the Lord and the Word. Okay. When this starts, it can be overcome. You immediately can take authority over it and change it. You take the Word, you start praising, you start worshiping God, and you start praying. Number two. Repression. The second of seven steps toward demon possession is repression. God makes every human an expressionist. Think of this. The moment a baby is born, 
The doctor spanks it. He wants expression. If he doesn't get it, he pronounces the baby dead. So God created us for expression, to, ex- to be used to, that where he can use us to express him through our lives, okay? If he doesn't get this, the baby's dead. Well, what about people? God desires exuberant expression from us. He wants our eyes to talk and our faces to light up. There is nothing worse than to sit there and see some stinking grumpy Christian sitting there glaring at you like a frog. Thank God we don't have any of that. But I've been there waiting for the person to hop. (laughs) He made us to express something. Anyone who represses that function is doing the work of the devil. God is the great expression. In the Bible, anytime a prophet or apostle looked into heaven, there was a great movement with singing and praising God. God wants human expression. The devil doesn't. You know, that's why in so many marriages, you see a woman so many times in, in, in different cultures, you see women that are repressed that are oppressed, they're completely controlled. You know, that's what's trying to take over America. I hate to tell you, I mean, it's, I, I'm not gonna say the word, but it is taking, trying to take over the world. Christians, we've gotta stand up and do something about this now. Because I'm not gonna tell you, I'm not gonna be wearing any veil and <laughs> I'll fight for my freedom, amen? Hallelujah. The devil is wicked and miserable with no joy. If there's no joy, there's something wrong. I'm going to tell you, if your life is full of no joy, there's something wrong. He knows no happiness and no expression of peace. If your life is full of no peace, no joy, there's something wrong. Please. Take notes on this and write this down. You might know someone that is in this state, okay? It's a sad state to be in. Therefore, to to repress a person is to destroy the natural expression which God gave him when he was born. Do you know we were all fearfully and wonderfully made? We were created in the image of God. Think of this. We were created in the image of God. The enemy hates the image of God. He wants to do everything he can to keep us from being and acting and and ministering like God. Hallelujah. To repress a person is to restrain from without. To repress a personality takes away the joy and the gladness of that life. God did not create human lives to be restrained by abnormal environment. Wow. Repression is found in many churches and religion. People go to church and they never, ever 
ever experience the joy of salvation. It's all, how can I put that? I want to put this nicely. It's all legalistic. It's, it's all, well, I'll, you know, the church I was brought up in for a short period of time, the priest did it all. The people did not, were not involved in the service at all. If you would raise your hands and shout glory, hallelujah, or dance, you would be thrown out. I guarantee you. Amen. There are some churches that won't allow drums. They believe it's of the devil. You know, there's all, there are all kinds of things going away. Honey, you have anything to share at this point? Nope. Okay. Some church members go to church as though they, it were a funeral. If God did manifest himself in any manner, it would scare them to death. According to the Bible, real worship is different. When Israel dedicated Solomon's temple, there were musical instruments play, pray, and praises sung to God. Remember that? Let's look at some of these. 1 Kings 8, 65 and 66. Let's just look at some of these things that they did. Right now, if whether, you know, Terry was to teach on, on this today, but we'll get to this. You, you can search it out yourself. We're in high holy days. This is the time to give of your first fruits. This is the time to, you know, the, the, right now is it four times, three times a year? Three times a year they came and they ministered to God. And this, this is the time of year during Rosh Hashanah when most Bible scholars believe, and I'm not going to, you know, most scholars believe that the rapture will take place in this 40 days, holy days, correct? Almost all of them. So, you know, like most of them are saying, if it doesn't happen this year, which it might, we might blow up, I can't say it, but um, it might. Then it might happen next year, I don't know, but... I can't say, Jesus didn't say, Jesus doesn't even know the date or the time, but he knows the season. Amen? Okay, let's look at this. 1 Kings 8, 65 and 66. At the time Solomon held a feast and all of Israel with him and a great congregation from the entering into the Hamath upon the river of Egypt before the Lord our God, seven days and seven days, even 14 days. On the eighth day, he sent the people away, and they blessed the king. And he went and went unto their tents joyfully and glad of heart, for all the goodness of the Lord had done for David his servant and for Israel his people. Let's look at Second Chronicles 7, 8 through 10 now. Joyful people. Amen? Also at the same time, Solomon kept the feast seven days and all of Israel with him, a very great congregation from the, from the entering of the Hamath under the river of Egypt. And the eighth day they made solemn assembly for they kept the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. And on the three and twentieth day, of the seventh month, he sent the people away to their tents, glad and merry of heart. 
for the goodness of the Lord had shown unto David and Solomon and to Israel his people. Today much religion lacks expression of the spirit and soul of man. Instead, it represses and drives back inside fervent feelings towards God. In our services, of course, we sing joyful choruses. When the devil restores a life, one step is the regressing of natural joys. They just lose their nap. Nothing, nothing is joyful to them anymore. Or very little. It's gone. It's sad, but it's, that's how it is. Repressive homes and people. Now listen, I hate getting into this one, but I will. Often repression begins at home. Every home should take a survey of its members. Here it comes. The daughter in some homes can be the repressor. When something goes wrong, she flies into a tantrum and it takes everybody in the house to get things back to normal again. Sometimes it can take a wife and mother who causes everybody to tiptoe around. You know that old saying, if mama ain't happy, nobody's going to be happy. That's pitiful. But again, if something displeases her, she makes the home a miserable place to live. It also can be a belligerent husband, an angry husband. The, the family can be happy and smiling until he opens the door. I've known women that have had to literally tell the children, or I've counseled adults who are raised in a home, that you better behave yourself the minute your dad gets home, because if you don't, excuse my expression, there will be hell to pay. That is a horrible way for anybody to live, but that is repressive. That is repression. Amen? The family can be happy and smiling until he opens the door, and then you would think death just walked in. He bellows and yells until everybody just dies inside. The, the man represses what could have been a happy home. Furthermore, repression can happen at work. A foreman, if he likes, can be as mean, or your boss, as a devil to the men who work with, for him. He can curse and scream at the men until they are nervous wrecks. Finally, the men even hate to go to work. When they, when they do, they won't smile. They barely speak. When the foreman is around, they become repressed. That's horrible. That's, but it's happening. It happens all over. And what are we to do? We're to take Ephesians, Galatians, and especially Hebrews, and not allow a root of bitterness to, to rise up in us. We can't take this on ourselves. Because the minute we do, we allow that spirit to come upon us also. And we don't even know it. We just figure, well, you know, I have a right to be complaining about this circumstance or this situation or whatever. But that's not what God wants us to do from what I've read. Amen? If a child is in a home like this, they can, they can say something now. Thank God in my days we couldn't. Okay, so let's go on. You may ask. 
What do we do with, with the devil? It's the devil who makes people ask, act like this, amen? Satan wants to steal all the joy and happiness from every human. Human. Repression becomes an open door for further works of the devil. You know, I've seen it. When this spirit gets on a person, gets into their, their soulish realm, they begin to find fault with every person around them. Wow. Every Christian should be careful not to repress others. Let every human express himself joyfully. You know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It says, be not drunk with wine, but be what? Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Suppression. As the dictionary defines suppress, it means to abnormally squeeze down. It means to conceal as to suppress information. Now, I've been teaching on demons. Pastor's been teaching on demons. I've been teaching on the miracles of Jesus. When Jesus, ministered, when Jesus came, the world was full of all this junk. All these people that fought, not all, but many of them had these things on them and he set the captives free. Whether it was sickness, disease, poverty, whatever it was, he set the captives free. When I think about poverty, I think about the woman who had spent every cent she had on doctors and she, she said, even though I have this disease on me, yet if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And she kept saying it. She visualized herself getting free. She spoke it into existence. Church, that's where we, ha we have to do this in every, every circumstance and situation we go through. We can't, we can't allow one minute, one second, one whatever to, to allow ourselves to get down in this hour. Amen? And we all do. And it's time to change. Hallelujah. Okay. So let's go on, okay. It means to abnormally squeeze down. It also means conceal as to suppress information. Feelings and desires when not expressed can be suppressed or kept back. The devil, listen to this, is very keen on suppression. It represents another step towards deterioration of emotion and the destruction of full and complete personal happiness. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to completely destroy your happiness. How? Through debt, you know, through sickness, disease, through a mean boss, mean mate, the person in the home that causes all the problems, whatever. You know, we, when we're going through something, we look at it and we think, well, I'm the only, I, can't, I can't talk about this to anybody because I'm the only one that's going through this. Well, guess what? You're not. As, I, as I'm reading today, you're hearing 
situations and circumstances that many people, I hate to say this, but most people in the world are going through in this hour that we live in, and Christians are going through that. Amen? And how do we change it? Well, that is pastors and my duty to teach us all how to, not our duty, but God's through us in, in this church to teach us how to walk through this and get over it. Amen? Okay. He's, he's keen on suppression. It, re it, re it represents another step of deterioration of emotion and the destruction of full and complete personal happiness. I'm going to tell you, take some psychology classes. You'll want to run out of the class because you have to sit there and hear Freud and all the lunatics. You know, if you're a believer... Trust me, because I was going to go that route. You've got to build yourself up. I have a good friend that was a pastor's wife. She decided she was going to be a psychologist. She lost, she lost her marriage. They lost the church. Because she could not keep herself built up in the word of God to deal with the things that she was hearing. She couldn't keep them out of her her spirit out of her soul. So that's why Jesus said, watch what you hear. Okay. Okay, so it says here, let us realize the devil causes repression of the spiritual life. This is reversion to earlier behavior patterns, especially the emotions and expressions. Then Satan moves to repression, which is a great step downward. It has to do with restraining or holding back the natural expressions of life. You know, we have people that at a very young age, I'll just put it bluntly, were, were molested or things happen at that age. There are parts of their personality that are still at that age and they need to be healed. And Jesus can heal them like this. Amen. With repression, we have concealment of greater pressure moving against the victorious Christian life. Greater pressure. Turn to Galatians 5.1 again, please. I'm going to have one of you read it out loud. Please note, the devil will not step at the third, stop at the third step or any other place. However, you can stop him and refuse to be regressed, repressed, or suppressed. Galatians 5.1. Lisa. Thanks a lot, right? <laughs> I like that. Which one was that? What's the... Do not be hampered. When I think hampered, I think of shutting all those clothes in a hamper and locking them down. All right, we've got a little time here. Depression. Okay, you ready? You getting anything out of this? I hope so. Because this is what God said we're supposed to hear right now. So the fourth step towards complete demon... Dom 
domination is depression. This is a big step down the path toward complete satanic control of a personality. Listen to this one, please. In depression, there is a broken spirit. One is pressed down until his spirit is crushed. To remain depressed for a long period of time is of the devil. It is not normal to life. God doesn't want anyone depressed and sad. Can you imagine that God wants anyone depressed and sad? Anyone, I'm talking any, across the board, the whole world, anyone depressed and sad. No. That's, you know. <sighs> Any person who stays depressed for an extended time is sick. The devil takes advantage of people in that state of mind and moves in with conflict and confusions that will destroy their happiness, their homes, their businesses. Depression will destroy every part of their natural life. It's a sad thing to observe the masses of people in America today who are depressed. Personally, we all need to do, anytime depression tries to hit, we need to call someone that you trust immediately and talk to them. Um, Y'all know that I'm available any time of the day, 24 hours a day. That is my job, and I take that job very seriously. Yet, I'm going to tell you what the devil will tell you. Don't call her, don't bug her, whatever. He'll tell you that. If you ever get, don't call her, don't bug her, then you know the enemy does not want you to be set free of that. Okay? Psalms 42.5 Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Notice what this says here. It, he's saying, why are you downcast? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. King David in Psalms 103.1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. That's the way you should get up every morning. Start the day blessing the Lord every morning. Amen. Causes of depression. There are some people who are religiously depressed. If you need to go home, it's almost noon. Go ahead. Be blessed. Go home. You know, I'm just going to tell you. I won't be mad. But you might need the one. You might be the one that needs needs this. So. They think there is great holiness in a long face, and I have seen that, oh brother. I want to assure you that no, there is no big biblical basis for this. Traditions can produce oppression. How many know that? Let's turn to Proverbs 17:22. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Say that with me a few times. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Psalms 
Just say it. We're going to do it. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Doesn't that make your heart want to go merry? <laughs> a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. The more you say it, the more you want to laugh. I'll just be honest with you. There used to be a song, A Merry Heart. I'm not too good of a singer right now, but doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. That's what it says in the scripture. Many times depression is triggered by loss. Might want to write this down. What, what triggers depressions? Loss, deep trouble, heavy financial burdens, well, this sounds like fun. This sounds like the bunch that David had with him, doesn't it? And yet, he, and yet God pulled him out of it. Loss, deep trouble, heavy financial burdens, family problems or disappointments can depress a person, leaving them dejected and forlorn. Depression is dangerous because it often brings about an abnormal state of inactivity. It brings about an abnormal state of inactivity. The person may sit staring into space, hearing nothing, saying nothing, and doing nothing. If you have a problem with this, I'm going to tell you, stay out of your bedroom. Stay out of whatever place you go to. When you get in this, in this state, if, if there are any here in this, that have this problem, stay out of the place that you go to. You've got to call that off limits. That's step number one. You need to just say, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go in that place. I'm going to move on and do something greater and better for myself than to get in there and allow the enemy to harass me. Because what happens when you go to that place, some people go to video games, some people go to their computers, some people go, whatever. Stay out of that place. Put your mind in the word of God instead. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm trying, we're trying, God's trying to help us here. If you know someone like this, you need to go to them and say, listen, I care about you. Almost everybody has to deal with feelings of depression now and then. Isn't that nice to hear? Feelings of it but you don't stay in it. You're not, you know, you're not, excuse me, abnormal if once in a while you have feelings of depression. Living in the world we live in today, you're going to have them. Just turn on the radio and listen to the news for 15 minutes. You want to slap the radio out of the car. You know, to listen to the news today, you can become very depressed. So don't. The devil would like every Christian in the world to be depressed. He knows that the depressed people are not energetic about anything. A depressed person becomes listless, inactive, and disinterested 
in what goes on around him. Please write that down. I want you to take this home and really get by yourself. Not you know, if you're a depressed person, don't go in your place where you get more depressed. But you need, you know, the only way to get free of something, the truth will set you free. The word says. You know, you can be in these states and not even know it. If enough Christians were depressed, Satan would have a free rule in the world. Well, guess what? That's what's happened. And he's having free rule and reign. Because the Christians, instead of humbling themselves and praying, seeking his face, turning from their wicked ways, he's having reign in this world. You know, you can blame the government, you can blame whoever, but let's get right down to who's really at blame. It's believers. Okay? So we're going to stop at, at I think we've had enough of this today. I'm going to say this. God wants to set the captives free. I'll be honest. If he didn't, I would be in retirement. I'm 68 years old. I would be in retirement. I don't plan on retiring because God wants to set the captives free. You say, well, this doesn't seem like, we don't know who's hearing this. We have no idea who's hearing this. But I will tell you, this church is going to get through this and we're going to walk through this stuff that's trying to cause depression, cause roots of bitterness, cause confusion, cause whatever. We're not going to have it. How many agree with me on that? We're not going to have it. It's over. It's absolutely, completely over. If, if my last breath is taken trying to get this group set free, that's my desire, that we walk according to what the Word of God says. I plan on being in the rapture. Good, we're in the high, high holy days, and it could be any time, if it's this year, if, if, if the scholars are right, the Jewish calendar is right, correct? It's off, but... So they don't know when the high holy days really are. <laughs> Got it. So we're going to put on a tape, and I'm going to stay in here. And if anybody wants prayer, if you're in any of these states. Don't be gawking around, wondering, you know, somebody might be just coming up because they have pain in their back. Okay? So don't go, oh, yeah, I know, they have problems. Don't, you know, don't go there. I'd be the first one up in line if I had one of these. I'd be telling pastor, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. But 
I'm going to stay here. We've gone through several. If you need help, God is here to meet us. Amen. Do you have anything you want to say? That's right, because as far as I'm concerned, we're not missing the revival that's going to take place. I don't think it's going to be a real long revival, but we are missing it, and so we're getting this stuff out. Amen? It's not fun. It's not fun to go home and have one person in the house cause all the... Ah, shut up. You know, you want to beat them and... and never mind. Anyway, God's... God is here to change things. What's that song? God is about to turn some things around. Who sings that song? Who? Rhema. God is about to turn some things around. That's where I am right now. God is about to turn some things around. What is it? Shake you up and turn you upside down or something? Is that it? Whatever. He is doing it. And we're not going to give up until it's done. Amen. So, Father, ladies, I would like you to, if you would, put a bucket back there, Heather. This, I'm, I know I'm stretching myself out here for this one. What you would like me to teach on, please do it today and not the day before woman's Bible study. Put it in the bucket, what you would like to hear. Okay. That's pretty fair. Okay, Father, I just pray for every one of us. I know this has been heavy this morning. I know your word has gone forth. It has shown us that we can stand on Ephesians 6. You have given us, you have already equipped us with everything we need to stand up in the face of the enemy. And having done all to stand, stand there and your word says we win but we need to stand. And so my prayer for this congregation this week and in the following weeks to come, whatever you have us teach and when you have us teach it, we are going to see changes take place and great progress take place in lives and that people are going to walk free of circumstances and situations that maybe have been there most of their life. Maybe it's just something new, whatever. I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that you're turning mourning into joy. I thank you, Father God, that you're, t you're, you're taking rebellion and causing people that are rebellious children especially to be submissive you're you're change, you're just you're just changing things god i know that you will do a mighty work and i praise you for it in jesus name amen